0: it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. We're going to have a little fun a little bit later. Chris Christie's book has sold fewer copies than a firearm safety manual on an Alec Baldwin movie set. This ought to prove to you between the, I mean, the immolation. Of the Lincoln Project, and guys like Christie, there is no appetite for rhinos. There's absolutely no appetite amongst Republican voters for these phony. I'll, just real quick, because I have to get into the Dobbs the Dobbs case before the Supreme Court. Chris Christie is one of many. One of many Republicans who, like many Democrats, create for themselves a life in public. And what they use that life in public for eventually is to be able to get people to take their calls and to have people want them to take their calls. In other words, to be a power broker, to be somewhere in the mix, which means you don't actually have to work for a living. You don't have to do anything. You have, to, you have to build your political brand so that people will come to you to try to get access to other people. And that's, that's kind of how the grift works. Chris Christie doesn't offer any real ideas. He was barely a milquetoast Republican governor in New Jersey. Yes, he capped property taxes. Great. But he also screwed over, I, I, you know, Republicans in, in New Jersey have a pretty bad track record with pensions. But I, you know, police and fire pensions, I'll, I, won't, I won't get into that right now. But Christie's books sold less than 3,000 copies. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. Because there's just no appetite for these people who keep telling you, you know, I know what the Republican Party needs. What, to keep losing? To keep promising conservative principles and agenda items then never deliver on them? That's what the Republican Party needs? No, that's what people in Washington, D.C. want. The Republican voter base is sick of the Kinsingers, sick of the Cheney's, sick of the Bush wing, sick of the Romney wing, and you know what? You don't want to know in part why? Because now that all you now that you want to be friends with the elite left, you know Nicole Wallace, who's the darling of the daytime lineup on MSNBC, used to be George W Bush's comms director. She was a White House communications director. In other words, she was the one peddling the Bush message that the Democrats, I mean George W Bush until Donald Trump came along, George W. Bush was the dumbest man to ever be president. Here, the cowboy, you know, mission accomplished. Nuclear, can't even say that right. Hey, hey, hey. That's my Bush. Remember the TV show? Hollywood had its knives out for George W. Bush on multiple fronts. I mean, remember the fantasy movie they made assassinating George Bush? Now they love George Bush. Now they love Nicole Wallace, now they love the McCain's, they, you know, it's, they love the Romney's, but when Bush and McCain and Romney were getting stomped on by the left, who was defending them? We were. Because we had high hopes. George Bush campaigned as a conservative. John McCain campaigned as a conservative. Mitt Romney, the former governor of Massachusetts who created mass care, campaigned as a conservative. And we wanted to believe these people. I mean, how many times can you get let down before you say, you know what, enough's enough. Enough with you people. We don't need the Chris Christie's. We don't need the Mitt Romney's. We don't need the Liz Cheney's. We don't need the Adam Kinsingers. We'll do just fine without them. As a matter of fact, when you look at the success of the Trump presidency on paper, not not the uh, not the, uh, the shouting all over Twitter, or the meltdowns on MSNBC, the jobs numbers, getting control of the border, for fostering peace in the Middle East, standing up to the growing threat of Russian energy in Europe. Which it's amazing the Biden the Democrats are happy to cancel pipelines in America while they lift sanctions on them in Russia. But Trump is in it with Russia. Right now, the Chinese are developing multi-stage hypersonic missiles and we're having to play catch-up. Nothing is going right now. Nothing. The Chinese are threatening Taiwan. The border is wide open. Inflation is through the roof. Gas prices are through the roof. Biden keeps promising that, come on, man, by Christmas, all the shelves will be stocked. You don't know that. You don't know that. The problems just keep piling up and the Christie's of the world coming along with these, you know, ridiculous, you know, tried and failed Republican ideas. No, we need conservatism. We'll get into that. Scott Stewart, the Solicitor General from the state of Mississippi, can can we just be honest why, one of the reasons why the left is so outraged right now, they can't believe that the Solicitor General of what they consider the poorest, the dumbest, the most narrow-minded ass-backward state in the union, except for maybe West Virginia or Alaska, that the Solicitor General of the state of Mississippi might actually break the lock, break the hold the left has had on this country for 50 years as it relates to Roe v. Wade because he's not arguing religion. He's not even arguing science. He's not even really arguing abortion. He's arguing two things, the jurisdiction of the court itself and the 10th Amendment. What he is arguing essentially is In the absence of an enumerated power of the federal government, that in the absence of power, neither the legislative branch nor the courts can fill that power, the Tenth Amendment is clear. Now, if the Constitution is amended to create a new power, that's a different story. But the simple passage of legislation cannot create new powers for the federal government. The states have to weigh in on this. The states have not weighed in on this. The states are weighing in, essentially, with their own restrictions. None of these bills that have come come through the state houses have been outright bans on abortion. What they have been is regulations imposed on abortion by the states. The same way the states, like New York or Illinois or California, have made their impositions on the Second Amendment. We're not banning guns. We're just making it nearly impossible to have one. In the state of New York, they have restrictions on the Second Amendment that would offend the framers. The idea that you have to beg a judge for the right to keep and bear arms, that's not what the Second Amendment says. It's quite the opposite. Now, what they'll say is in New York, New York is one. I think it's New York, Maryland, Iowa. There's four states in the union that do not have, might be New York, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, and Iowa that don't have Second Amendment mirrored provisions in the state constitution. I'm I'm not sure about Iowa, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's New York. I know it's New York. But what about the Supremacy Clause? What Scott is arguing here Really, what he's probably too professional to come out and say is, you people don't have any power. One of his arguments, if you were paying attention yesterday, was that not only is there no constitutional predicate for Roe v. Wade, that on the issues of 10th Amendment-related issues, the court should remain neutral. In other words, to accept a limit on on its powers which are designed in Article 3. Andrew, you're not a lawyer. You didn't go to Harvard. This is this is one of those opportunities for you. Come on. I'm just, you know, I say this a lot. It's not just to the ankle biters. If you think that non-lawyers or non-Ivy Leaguers have no business weighing into these issues, first of all, don't tell me that you believe in democracy. The states are the laboratories of democracy. Federally, we are a republic. So at the state level, which I have argued uh, for years now, that the states now need county-based electoral colleges because we have states in the union that have more more of a population than all 13 colonies combined. So the states, some of the more populated states may want to move from direct election of governors to create checks and balances. Now, that's not going to happen because the blue states like being, the blue states with major metropolitan cities like being able to ram down policies on the rest of the state, so it's not going to happen. Not, not unless there is a movement among people in the counties, the outlying counties, or Democrats who understand that centralizing power, even if if they don't live in the city, the central authority of the city may adversely affect them, and they want the power to be spread, at least as as it relates to their own interest, where they may be outside the city. That's a separate separate topic. But what Scott is arguing here, what Scott is arguing here, is that really the Supreme Court didn't have the authority to rule and row in the first place. Now, what you're getting on the other side is the stare decisis. Let me see if I can, if I get this straight. Stare decisis, which we may call precedent or translate to the decision stands or let's stand. The decision, a previous decision must be upheld because it was made. How is it that that the Constitution itself and the Bill of Rights are subject to all review by the left? In other words, the Democrats only read the Constitution to see how they can get around it, not to apply it. If the Constitution is up for review and that words... We could just change the meaning of words, then change the meaning of the words in the Constitution. In other words, to ignore original intent. Why do we have to respect a previous Supreme Court ruling? Or let me make that, let me, let me augment that. Why does a current Supreme Court, if we are not bound by the Constitution, why are we bound by a Supreme Court ruling? We can't revisit these things? If Joe Biden said he has decided that anyone who's unvaccinated shall relinquish all private property and report immediately, report immediately to a military detention camp to be held within until such time as the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC and the NIH proclaim the end of COVID. Should we allow that? We have a precedent It's called Korematsu. Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent, were told to exit their homes, relinquish their property, report to a military detention camp where they were held till the quote-unquote end of hostility. It's constitutional, right? Well, no. Well, the Supreme Court seemed to think so. Should we never revisit these things? Can a case be wrongly decided? The Democrats might say Heller was wrongly decided. Weinzig 695, Patriot 9572874. What Scott is essentially saying is the Supreme Court made a very bad ruling in 1973 where the Supreme Court decided to fill the void of unment, of un. Now they'll say, Ninth right. Amendment, Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment doesn't outweigh the Tenth Amendment. That states have a right to uh, have the sovereign powers to weigh in on these things through their internal democratic process. Now, of course, you know, there are going to be some justices that don't want to hear it. Seems like Sonia Sotomayor kept trying to. Uh, needle him on the religious angle. The First Amendment does not ban voters in a state from allowing their religion or their faith to inform their vote. The only thing the First Amendment explicitly bans is that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, meaning the fed, meaning the... The United States will not have an official religion. There will not be a religious test. And there's a freedom of religion. Now, religious test is in a separate part, so I'll just stick to the First Amendment. There's a there's no federal religion, and there's explicitly the freedom of religion. The freedom of religion. Not freedom from religion, freedom of religion. The idea that religion doesn't inform our politics is Ridiculous. And it's kind of funny. That's a one-way street. It never seems to bother anyone when Ilhan Omar or Rashida Taleb cite their faith. As a matter of fact, at some point, Nancy Pelosi actually tried to cite her Catholic faith as the justification for federally funding abortion. Do you have that audio, Mike? Do you have it? If you don't believe me, listen to this gem. Speaker, there's a bill before the House
1: that uh, would prohibit uh, taxpayer-funded abortion. It's been brought by Republicans 37 times for a vote on the House floor, uh, but has been blocked
0: by Democrats. Can you explain why?
1: Well, that's in the law uh, for Medicaid. You're talking about Medicaid. That's in the law. What we have in our bill is to overturn that. There's no need to have that. That is the law it now. It hmm? and the reasons why to have it overturned? Because it's an issue of health of many women in america especially those uh in uh, uh, lower income situations and in uh, different states and uh, it is something that has been a priority for many of us a long time Uh, as a devout catholic and mother of five and six years uh, i uh, feel that god blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family five children six years almost to the day but that may not be what we should it's not up to me to de- dictate that that's what other people should do, and it, it's an issue of, of fairness and uh, justice for poor women in, in our country.
0: So, okay, so I, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic, but I think you know this is about fairness. I'm, i I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I think we should have taxpayer-funded abortion. So when she cites her faith, that's okay. And she has cited her faith on welfare. She has cited her faith on all sorts of issues. Just don't let any of these country fried rubes in Mississippi cite their faith. But again, that's not even what Scott is is dealing with here. Stewart, I mean, Scott Stewart. He's dealing with jurisdiction, federalism, the 10th Amendment, the powers of the states versus the federal government, and whether or not the Supreme Court has legislative authority, which it does not. Now, at any given point, you should be able to call this program and make a fool out of me. I mean, I'm... Right? I'm just this dumb, C-student, state college grad, right-wing, former rock radio DJ. What do I know? You should be able to snuff out my argument. This is what has been bubbling for a long time. We're not debating abortion here. The left is talking about health care, the left is talking about women's rights, the health uh, the, you know, the, the left is talking about starry diseases and precedent. What Scott Stewart is saying is, hey, where, what part of the Constitution does Roe v. Wade stand on? Because nobody can find it. You can join me live on the Will Majority Monday to Friday, noon to three East, nine to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot channel 125.